Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Tuning in, trying to find out how to win. Go along and tell a friend. Marathon, you know the game. Keep on running, never end. Getting better, make a man. Adam got it. Adam got it. Adam got it. Adam got it. Possibility. Christopher, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm going well, thank you. No, good, good. Yeah, I'm really grateful to have you as a guest. And I'll just kind of go through your brief background uh, before we get into it. So you started out in business admin. You earned a master's, BSBA in three and a half years, uh, MBA in two years. You was a controller for a worldwide software company. You was CFO of a $30 million company, I think it was. Um, you had an accident that occurred in your life, which we'll kind of go into. But you have a background in law enforcement for 20 years. And you've recently, you know, you began your own private security company and now you um, help entrepreneurs and coach people and that kind of thing. Like, I'll first kind of go into, um, you know, like your background, how you kind of started out. How did you kind of like, you know, law, you know, go through that and then the accident and where you are now? Well, so basically what happened was, is uh grew up uh strong Polish background, everybody, you know, you work hard, you work hard, you go to school, you get your education. Um, and, uh, you know, you have kids, support a family, whatever. <clears throat> and then, um, but I always knew at a young age, I was kind of different. Uh, I was starting businesses like, you know, 10 years old, you know, I would get some, you know, go down, shovel snow, you know, get five, six houses, get the other kids to do it, charge five, give them two kind of thing. So I've always had that entrepreneur spirit, but it just over time, I just kind of followed that whole path. So went to school, I got my BA and my BSBA in three and a half years. Then I got my MBA and I was just going down that, that, that path of, Hey, you got to work, you got to work, you got to do a nine to five and whatever. But in the back of my mind, I've always had this entrepreneur spirit. And cause it's the way, like I'll drive down the road and I'll think about four or five things <clears throat> that may work, that may not, but, um, that that's kind of like all, you know, the way my mind worked. Well, one day I was uh, the CFO of a company and we had a domestic um, husband came in, tried to beat up his wife. And I knew at a young age, I wanted to be the police, but the police didn't pay well, you know, and it, you know, it wasn't, uh, 
it wasn't what you know my parents and my family wanted for me they wanted more and and, and you know and i but i this incident happened and i'm like you know what i gotta go do it i i, I just i just i have to do it i i don't i don't want any regrets so i did and i went and um the, my first year salary was my annual bonus uh as a cfo so um that was a big financial hit but it was again it was a passion and then just like everybody uh most cops that we have to go out and we got to get a um a part-time job you know help make ends meet well i noticed when i was when security when i was working security that i can do things you know better cheaper and uh, produce a better product for the clients i was working for so um I did. I started my own, you know, I started my own company, uh, 12 and knock on wood has been successful. And subsequently I was doing that, you know, full-time policeman. I retired from the police department up in Illinois, um, after 21 years. And I took a job uh, as a policeman down here in Florida. Um, and now I'm at the point where, you know, I did that. I was able to go through, um, and work a full-time job and it doesn't matter what it is whether it's you know police work or you're an accountant or a marketer or whatever but i kind of feel i have a i kind of went through all the bumps and bruises and you know the wreckage of trying to do stuff on my own where um and, and working a full-time job so i just kind of thought that you know what i could help other people do this and that's kind of like why i started the coaching cop because i think people can and should reach out for their dreams and trust me i've had plenty of failures too i mean i bought a company that didn't really work out um i started some other things that really didn't work out um but i really think people can do both it's just a matter of how you do it it's a matter of how you talk to your partner i mean my wife thinks i'm absolutely not she has no idea like where i came from she has no idea she's like dude you're like from you know a jupiter or something she goes i mean you know because she just doesn't so you have to have the support of people too and it's about how to talk to them because you hear a lot of the a um, lot of people start a business it becomes successful um you know they get divorced or you know i don't understand you or whatever and i think it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of under underlying things that i think people need to get help with that they don't know like you know you could go anywhere on the internet and find okay you start a llc you start a c corp you know whatever you can find all that stuff on the internet but it's actually how to apply it to get it done and really it's um it's really the basis of getting it through and reaching where you want to be yeah no most definitely i think like you said you know coming from that you know, that background and starting out early by doing those difficult jobs like shoveling snow and these things that most people probably wouldn't do and having that entrepreneurial drive in you and, you know, having that work ethic as well and just establishing that and doing those jobs and then, you know, getting into, you know, working for businesses, but that, you know, knowing deep down inside there's something else like a calling to do other things. Right. Right. And I think one of the one of the biggest things is just you have to you have to learn yourself. You have to learn what your parameters are. You have to learn what you're good at, what you're not. at. And I'm just not talking about business. I'm talking about, you know, even, you know, even in your personal life, like I am not good at like if I don't write it down, like I am not good at um, 
saying, hey, let's all go for ice cream or let's all go for day. I'm not good at that. Um, but if I write it down, like a lot of people, like, you know, father, daughter date, date night with Debbie or whatever it is, it's learning yourself that that's what I need. And even when you have somebody come in, like the first time it happened, Debbie's like, you got to write that down. Like, yeah, I do. Which is, that doesn't mean I love you any less or I don't want to spend time with you, but this is just the way my body and my brain works. So it's just being able to know yourself, which I personally think is one of the biggest challenges because, and to this day, you have to look in the mirror and say, I'm good at that and I'm not good at this. And I, wanted, I need to do this. I need to hire somebody to do that. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges that people just need to have somebody to bounce off of and just be honest and say, like for me, I mean, I'm, not really good at sales. I'm, I'm a cop. I go in, I tell you, you know, my sales pitch is, Hey, yeah, we're the best buy it sign here. And no, I don't, you know, it just, I just know that. But so I have to have people help me and, and I need people to, to do that for me. So I think a big part of this pr procedure and this process is just really sitting and looking in a mirror and saying, Hey, yeah, I'm good at this. And I'm not so much good at that. Yeah, I think like you said, that big things like being accountable and know, you know, like you said, knowing yourself and telling yourself you deserve this and you can do this and having that mindset. And I think like what you said, doing the things that you've done and the things you've achieved, you know, to get a degree, to work your way up in a company and to be that kind of figure, you have to have that certain mindset where you believe in yourself and tell yourself this is possible and right. like you said, like uh, you have that kind of mindset where you might be thinking of like multiple different things at once. And right. some people like, you know, just were like that. And like you said, your partner, you know, doesn't think that way. But having that understanding from your partner and, and them supporting you in whatever you're doing, I think is important as well. And so when you was in like business, you mentioned like you saw some guy like beat up his wife or something like that. And you knew that you needed to go into the police. But you know, like, like you said, it wasn't, wasn't paying enough. So that must be like a difficult, you know, like doing that police work and knowing you could be getting more doing something else, but deep down you, it's you, what you actually want to do. Correct. And, and that's why I knew I wanted to do it, but in the same token, I didn't want to live check to check. Um, we grew up, um, I saw my parents working hard and, and, and did that. I mean, everything, I mean, we, I, had, I had a great childhood. Um, but my dad always told me, he goes, look at, he goes, when you go through life and stuff and you, you run into difficult situations or different people, pick out what you don't want to do and gear your life towards that. And I knew watching my parents struggle, um, that I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to go check to check, but yet I wanted to be the police and I had to bridge. I had to fill that gap from the monetary standpoint and um and that was really the drive for it besides my passion to wanting to be an entrepreneur that what drove me is that, that the monetary gap um you know to but and i knew that so i had to pick out something that i knew i was good at and that i would have fun at so it was just i i just had to i had both passions and i just uh i just i just went for them both and i think like as well like just like the questions come to mind, but when you kind of enrolled as a police officer and you passed and you got into the police work, what was it like when you kind of say went out for the first time and you say you've got your um, your approval and you've you've passed and you know you're going out to work? How how was that? How was that transition? What was that like? Oh, it was awesome. It really was. I mean, because you know you work 
you work for a goal and you reach your goal and then you're doing whatever you're, you know, you start an architectural business or a marketing business and you get your first client. Um, you know, when I reached that goal and I got my certificate and I went through field training, I was on my own in the car by myself. It's such a good feeling to know that all the hard work that you put in came to, came, came to fruition. And now here I am. And then it was, it was just, it was so powerful because then you knew that now I could, what's the next step? I can do anything now. And it really pays off and really, and again, and just even going through the process, Hey, I'd made it this far. Um, that's really like that, that kind of makes you stronger, mentally stronger, because no matter what you encountered, you, you overcome that and, and you, and you reach your goals. Yeah. And I think like you must gain that resilience as well in being able to deal with, you know, those situations. And I think, like you said, that stress and managing, you know, like that process in training and going through those hurdles. And it's like, if you right. can, if you can get through the things in the past and, you know, you can get through whatever next, if that makes sense. And right. Right. Was it, was there any like, like what, I mean, obviously as a police officer, you encounter very stressful situations and there's a lot of circumstances which are dangerous. Like, is there anything that you think challenged you in situation, any situations where you kind of, you, you know, you were pressed and you had to push through that? Every day. I mean, every day, because I think what people have to understand is that most of the time when you, when somebody calls the police, it's not on a very good day. And I think every day you need to, you, you face your fears and you, you find your solution. And that's the kind of the way I've, I've done my business and I've done my police work that we're here. And not every day in business is, a, you know, do you have like crazy, you know, a lot of it's rewarding. But in the police world, every day you go in, there is a problem, whether it's a small one which is no big deal to you, but it is a big deal to your, I mean, I, I'll call them customers or clients, um, or it's big and you have to push through that because you just can't go, I can't do this. I, I don't know what to do. You've got to come up with some type of resolution. And I think what I've learned over time is that no matter what you face, there's a solution or a way to a solution. And I think that's on a daily basis. And, and even when you're going through the door, when the boogeyman's on the other side, you don't know what's on the other side, but guess what? You took an oath and you have to push through that. And I'm not going to sit here and say, no, no, it's not scary. It's freaking scary. But you took an oath to protect people that can't protect themselves. And you just have to push through that fear. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think like you said, like you're almost like a firefighter every day, aren't you really? Like you said, there's a, there's a problem every, every day when you're a police officer, there's always going to be something mm -hmm that you're going to have to sort out. And, you know, like I said, I've got friends who, are in the, who were in the police or in the military, and they, they talk about um, slowing things down, giving that element of time and distance. And sometimes, like we see the situations in the news and media where police officers don't something, but it's that they, I think they say that they need more training on particular things so they're able to manage their emotions, slow things down and not, you know, react like have you ever kind of encountered those situations where you know you've had to kind of separate slow things down or reassess situation 100 percent, and 100 percent. and i think that they hit the nail right in the head 
You just got to slow down for a second and whatever it is, write it out, take a breather, go for a run, come back, whatever. But it, very few things have to be done right now. Now, there are situations in the police world that you got, you got like less than a half a second to react and do your thing. But most of the time, take a breath, slow down, you know, gain your time and distance. And just like business, slow it down, gain your time and distance, write down what the facts are. In the police world, you, you're processing the facts and then you come up with a solution. But I think that's the best, the, the best thing that, you know, that they say is just take the time, slow down. And really look at it because when you have emotion and you're breathing heavy or then you're panting and you got this going and then you got and then it floods your emotions and, and you make bad choices. Slow it down, okay? And write it out, think it out, and you'll and you'll get through it. And also, like I forgot to mention at the start, but you have a podcast called uh Free Cops Talk. Like how how do you kind of um set that up and like you know, how's that going? So it's going okay. Um, everybody tells me that, um, you know, we've been around, uh, we've been doing it for just coming up on a year now, and we get about anywhere between four to 500 downloads a week, which everybody tells me is great. But um, with my entrepreneur mindset, it would be a Joe Rogan by now or whatever, you know. Uh, but it, it's going well. I, I just want to keep pushing to try and get out to people. And what happened there is I was um, talking to my business coach. And it was the whole time, you know, this whole George Floyd thing was going on in Minnesota where the copper killed that guy. And we had a long discussion. We actually, you know, went over our, our regular time. And he was telling me a story about uh, his bass player. He's a black guy in his band. He plays jazz. And he was telling me about, you know, they had the conversation about this whole thing. And he was telling me about how this bass player feels weird going into a grocery store as a black guy. I'm like, what are you talking about? Now, I'm, I'm the police. I've been the police for 21 years outside Chicago. And I'm like, dude, you're a black guy going to the grocery store. Well, anyway, longer conversations and longer discussions and stuff. It kind of dawned on me, like, there's a whole misconception about what is going on between the reality between the police and the civilians is not what the media portrays. Okay. It's a lot stronger than that. And I think and it, what's coming to fruition is that all they want is a voice. They have that voice, but it's stifled by, by, by the media. So I started this podcast to, to kind of start just opening the dialogue, like what we expect on a traffic stop, what you should do, what you, know, what you expect. Like, for example, a lot of people don't know uh, in the United States uh, when you sign your driver's license. So drivers like being able to drive is a privilege, just not a right. When you sign that, there's a lot of things that you have to do, you know, as when a policeman tells you, get out of the car, have your driver's license, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we can go through the whole thing. But just opening that, talking about that for 15 minutes, people are like, oh, I, I didn't know you. You know, I, I didn't know you. you. You had to get out of the car when, you know, when you, but guess what? That just might have saved 50 people from getting hurt because now, okay, even though I may not agree with the traffic stop or whatever, you have to buy a law, abide by, you know, abide by the lawful orders, and then complain later. It's just those little things where, and then the, when, when and the rumors or the media will get out like, oh my God, they're dragging this guy out of the car and they're beating him and all this other stuff. When that, all it is, is the understanding of what we as police officers expect you to do in, in a traffic stop. 
um, whether you're carrying a firearm, you're not carrying a firearm, you have like whatever, just th this is the way it's going to go. Now, at the end, whether you're going to get a ticket or not, I can't help you with that. But from you getting hurt and a policeman getting hurt and somebody going to jail for a speeding ticket, this is what we expect. But just getting those little things out there um, help and also talking to people. We had guys on there that committed murder um, and what what they think they can do to help. And I think that gives us as policemen a better understanding of what they're feeling. And that helps me, you know, going into, into neighborhoods or different cultures and stuff by having a little bit more empathy. I've always had empathy and compassion. And that's one of the reasons I took this job, but it's just, it's, it's, it's about being able to ask questions. Like, and I have no problem going into a black neighborhood or a Hispanic neighborhood or Korean or whatever, and just asking, is this part of your culture? Or, you know, if this is part of your culture, okay, I get it, but it's not okay here or whatever. And I think just by, by going through this process and learning each other, I think that's going to make the world a better place. And that's kind of how I, why I started it. And, and I really hope, um, it gets out there more and more because it's it's so silly about everything that's happening and the way the world is turning. Um, people are dying, coppers are dying, civilians are dying, innocent people are dying, people are getting hurt, all for, to my in my opinion, or all for false advertising of what the reality is. Yeah, no, definitely, and I think like you mentioned, it's it's going in the in their backgrounds and kind of putting yourself in their shoes and understanding their point of view and what, where they come from and them understanding you and what you're trying to do and what's right and what's not. I think that's a big thing, isn't it? Understanding the people, the place, the environment, uh, you know, mm -hmm. breaking things down, like you mentioned, like with a guy, you know, going to the grocery store kind of thing. And, you know, mm -hmm. like when you mentioned the traffic stop, like obviously it's a bit different here in the UK. Obviously, people, you know, the police will probably ask for your license and your details here. But like um, I've heard that and I've seen videos online and that that moment is it's like one of the probably most dangerous moments, isn't it? Going up to the car yes. because you've got especially if they've got tinted windows, that kind of thing. If it's, you know, dark at night, it's it's all those elements kind of come into play, don't they? And it's much harder to uh, probably determine what's going on in that vehicle or something like that. Um, so like you said, that all those things are necessary, aren't they? And those steps and process, and you can probably break down if those things aren't being met that early on, you kind of probably have more of an idea something bad's probably going on, or there's a bit of suspicious activity. Um, but all of these things probably you can take away and apply to our life now and other situations, can't you through, you know, that kind of situational awareness and kind of thing. Right. Right. And, 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 and absolutely. And I think like by being have that situational awareness and kind of keep knowing what's going on, it's, it's, it helps you because you, you are able to adjust whether you're going hundred miles an hour and you could back it off. Okay. And go 20 miles an hour. And just like you said, so when you're walking up on a traffic stop, that's the most dangerous part. That's where a lot of cops gets killed. Well, if you could explain to somebody, Hey, this is the most dangerous part. And I'm afraid until you and I talk to each other. Um, they're like, okay. So literally if I have my, my hands on the wheel and you just make them understand, you have my hands on the wheel. I look, I look ahead, what blah, blah, blah. This is going to make this encounter go best for anybody. And then taking the time 
when they have a question or concern, taking the time to talk to them about it. Whereas you're, you know, whereas in life, you're trying to move on to the next thing, move on to the next thing. If you just slow that down a bit, because somebody has a question or somebody needs to understand it in your mind, you're like, are you kidding me? Like, this is everyday stuff. Well, guess what? They don't encounter this every day, whether it's in business or in life. They don't, they don't encounter this. So take the time. I had a traffic stop for 20 minutes. We were discussing, um, uh, uh, violence and all this other stuff because in this lady thought i was just gonna come up and shoot her so i took that 20 minutes and then hopefully she'll tell 10 friends and she'll tell 10 friends and i think it's the same thing in business if you help people understand or you understand yourself and you can explain it to people it just trickles it's like ripples in the water and i think it just goes hand in hand on a daily basis yeah, definitely. And I feel like you said it's that image, isn't it, of, say, the police or certain situations that have happened and then people have kind of associated that kind of negative connotation with maybe the police in that, in that area or just in general. But then, like you said, it's that kind of ex experience, you know, people might say things which are false and that's kind of, you know, like the thing in the media. Uh, yeah. But then by that person having that positive, you know, that that normal experience, she can then tell 10 people or whoever else that, you know, it's not what it all kind of it seems in the media kind of thing because I think that's the issue with like the media and the police and things can get twisted. I remember watching a really good documentary called uh, Flint Town. Then if you ever saw that, it's that town. oh yeah, we actually we had a yeah. uh, uh, one of the guys that was a cop there during the time during that time was uh, uh, was a cop and we had him on our show. He's a good guy. Yeah, and that was really interesting to see that insights of like you know what happens and even within the police, like, I remember there was, like, um, was it the, the elections were happening and there was this kind of divide. Mm -hmm. So it's quite it's quite deep, isn't it, really? But um, it's good that, you know, with your show, you can have this open conversation with different people and, you know, people in the service and people who've kind of got a past probably experience of crime as well. Right, right. And it's, it's also learning other, like I said, learning other cultures and talk. We had a lady from the UK on our show. She was a cop for 20 some years. And, you know, it, it's just learning, like you guys call jail sweets. I'm like, a sweet? Like, that ain't no sweet. I don't know. You know, just, just stuff like that. And, you know, but as funny as it is to us in the UK, maybe over time that made people fight less because they think they're going, oh, they hear a suite, they're going to a hotel. You know, oh, maybe, you know, I'm going to a hotel. I'm going to the Hilton. Like, here we're going, you're going to jail, bro. I mean, what, you, <laughs> you know, but it's just learning stuff like that. Well, maybe if we here start calling them suites to a drunk guy, he's, he's going to think that, oh, I'm going to go to a hotel and I'm not going to jail. So I think by opening and talking to whole, all different cultures and stuff, I think it's, it, it could learn and it can evolve. Yeah, most definitely. I think it's, it's interesting, you know, when you hear stories from different cultures or you see how things are in certain places compared to others. And I think like, I think, you know, we've had issues with, in the UK with, the, you know, with police. I think there was, um, I don't know if you heard like the COVID thing and the Met, the Met police, there yeah. was like, Boris, I won't get too much into it in politics, but our prime minister was like, you know, um, partying during the COVID lockdowns and then certain members of the Met, Met, Metropolitan Police in London. Uh, there was like people resign, you know, lots of, but I think that's probably anywhere, isn't it? You get um, things happen in politics and the police. But I think like, you know, the general work of 
the police in America especially is very, very difficult. And I think, you know, you're working very, very hard to address certain things and, and to try and make a difference. And it's it's uh, difficult when you have got the media and the conflict and people have got certain assumptions when they've never been involved or probably spoken to a police officer. Right. But even during those conflicts, to be honest with you, it's like, like if you and I were friends and we had a problem, what do we do? We sit down and we talk. If you have a, you know, a problem with your partner, like when Debbie and I have a problem, sure, we argue and stuff. But guess what? At the end of the day, we sit down and we talk to each other. I think that whole COVID thing with all that other stuff, people just didn't want to sit down and come to a common to a common goal and a, and a common understanding of what really is going on. And again, not going to get into politics or whatever, but that is a perfect example of, whoa, 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 slow stuff down. And really what, what is this doing? What is this? Cause you have one side saying it's just the flu. You have one side, this saying this is there. So that would, that is a perfect example of just slow it down. Everybody get on the, around the table and let's get this thing done. Let's not take the attitude that this is my ball and let's go home. Nothing's going to, no, nothing's going to come of that. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And I think that's the best thing, isn't it? You know, slowing things down and having that conversation and actually talking about it. I think, you know, like you said, in relationships and even just in general, you know, having that, uh, slowing things down, taking yourself out of that situation, well, taking, you know, self out of that right. situation and talking about it um, is important. And like right. another thing as well, like, you said you had an accident, some accident occurred in your life. Like, what was that? No, 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 that wasn't an accident. It was just that, oh, right. it was that, uh, it was that domestic in my office. Oh, that, that was, that was the, yeah, the situation. Yeah. That so, was the so, situation. So with that domestic and that accident, like, was that an employee came in to yes. like, uh, so an wife? employee, yeah. So an employee, um, who worked for me, um, her husband, it was her husband, her ex-husband, uh, came in, uh, he had an order of protection. And somehow he got in the building. Uh, I think he came through open uh, trip, and he confronts her. <clears throat> he confronts her in the uh, in the office, right outside my door. Well, I heard this, and somebody must have called the police. You know, when they saw him coming through the plant. And long story short, cops show up. Um, I'm out there. Uh, gets a little gets a little messy for a while. Um, but the coppers were so professional and it could have went so many different ways, but they were so professional. And I'm like, you know what? It's time for me to do, to, to go do that. Follow, follow, follow my passion and go do that. And I think that's, that's one of the qualities, isn't it? You know, in, in an officer, and I think something that you've learned and, and what you applied is, you know, remaining calm in tense situations and, you know, staying grounded and, and being able to deal with, you know, what's going on and have a positive outcome from that as well like do you like have any like role models like in life in general or anyone you can kind of look up to role models yeah i mean there's a i mean there's i have i have so many um but i think one of the role models uh or my biggest role model would be um my dad and um a uh a counselor i had in high school and they were like it doesn't matter what you do be the best you can and be okay with who you are because they they did what they wanted to do in their timeline and their time frame and didn't really care about anybody else and what they thought and i think that's huge because um i 
you know, I am the weird one. I mean, I, I mean, I, and I am, and I had to grow to be okay with that. I'm the one like nobody else will go down the block and think like, Hey, that'd be a cool ice cream shop. Oh, that you could put a cleaners over there or a car wash over here or whatever. And, and to be able to embrace that, those are, those are two guys in my life that were really, that really pushed me to be okay and, and, and reach your passion. And I think that's, that's really powerful. It really is because you have to be okay with who you are. Yeah, no, I think that's a great, they're great points. And I think like, you know, being comfortable in yourself, knowing yourself, being okay with who you are. And, you know, none of us are perfect. We've all got our own ways and, you know, things like that. But I think like being okay with you, who you are and having, like you said, those people believe in you and tell you that, you know, anything's possible and, you know, just go and do it, you know, and not care about what other people think. And I think, you know, a lot of people in life focus too far out there to what people right. think and probably don't do the things they probably could then. Right. And I, and I also think it, it helps you when you have that, um, that inner strength, it also helps you understand people. Like we'll go to a call and like, you know, you run into some goth people, you know? Yeah. And they start yelling at you. I'm like, Hey, sl slow down. I'm, you guys just, we got a call for a suspicious activity. What are you guys doing? Hanging out, listening to music. Okay. Well, you're here because I'm, I'm like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Hold on. Listen to me. You do you, okay? You doing you doing you doing any illegal drugs? No, okay. What else? You got loud music going? Okay, that's it. That's all. You do you. I think it also gives you that power to let people be themselves too, within your parameters. Like for me, when I'm on, when I'm when, when I'm at work, as long as you're not breaking the law, you do you. Not do you? I don't care. I don't care. My job is here to enforce the law. My job is not here to judge you. And if I don't judge myself and I'm okay with myself, I'm not going to judge you. And you, as long as you're good with yourself, God bless, go on. Yeah. And I think that's like you said, having that open approach, isn't it? And seeing that person for who they are and just weighing up the scenario of what's going on. Because like you said, you've probably been briefed on what's going on. So you go in that situation with what you've been told, don't you? So you kind of kind of pull those pieces together to kind of see really what's going on. Right. Right. And then, and then being honest when you're there too, going, Hey, I'm here because we got this information, you know, well, you're here because of this. No, I'm not. I'm here because this call came in. I'm here to address it. There's nothing illegal going on. Okay. So I'm going to leave. I'm, I'm, I just be careful, whatever, you know, make sure you don't do this or step out of the boundaries here. Okay. And, and then I'm leaving. There's, and it also opens up a lot of dialogue too. And a lot of conversations, uh, because when you tell them, hey, listen, you do you, they like look at you. Like we had a perfect, we had a perfect example. They were, uh, I think they were like goth kids or whatever. I'm like, okay, you guys do you. I didn't say anything about their makeup or what they were wearing or whatever. I'm like, all right, guys, have fun. They're like, what, 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 what? What, you're not going to question us? No, about what? You already told me. You're not doing anything illegal. There's not, no evidence here that says you're doing anything illegal. They called because it was suspicious activity. There's nothing going on. I, I'm going to go get coffee. You, you do you. I'm going to do me. And it, it actually ended up being like a 10, 15 minute conversation of just about that. Listen, you do you. And it, 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 also, it does really, really help um, open up lines of communication. I really do. And when you understand people that to understand them, to let them be them, it really helps. Yeah, see, I think like understanding people and you know, allowing them to be themselves and you being yourself and just talk to them like people. 
I think, you know, is the main thing because that's, you know, we're all connected, aren't we? We're all human beings. And, right. You know, you listen to them and give them that space. Um, you know, I think it is important. And like, do you also do you have any like favorite books or anything? Do you read at all? Oh my God. I actually all my books are on books on tape. So because I'm always running around doing stuff, but I do take the time. Um, I do have a couple of um of books um right now. What am I reading? Uh or what am I listening to? Oh, I'm listening to uh oh my god, what's the name of it? The Tony Robbins book about health. And I am re-listening to Start With Why. Those are the two books I'm listening to right now. Nice. Is that um start with why Simon Sinek? Simon Sinek. I believe so. Yeah. 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 He's really good. He's got he's yeah. got some good good content. He's very um I like his work with like millennials or people like my but my kind of generation. Like he, t- he talks a lot of about millennials and workplace and business, doesn't he? I think quite a lot, which yeah. is I think a yeah. big thing. And I think you've probably have you seen business change like um in the you know oh, recently? God, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and again, that's just one of the things was, uh, you know, what, you got to be in the pulse of what's changing, because even in the police world, 20 years ago, as compared to today, I mean, why aren't we sitting down with the millennials or whatever you want to call them or the new kids and going, hey, what makes you tick? What makes you work? What makes you want to come here on a daily basis? Well, it's time off. Well, then you're in the wrong industry. OK, because you got to show up and you're not going to work remotely um, or it's. Uh, you know, uh, I would like to have a, a gym membership or, um, you know, on midnights, uh, we would like to have a place where we can go sleep for an hour or whatever. I think if you, you know, it, it was just, um, you know, a lot of you know, the, that book taught me to go, just go talk to him and ask him, like, what makes you tick? Because every year, you know, every, every generation or whatever you want to call it changes, but what makes you tick? And it's the little stuff. And I think that <clears throat> that helps just by sitting down and talking and you know what? We've gone so far from that. Everybody's just reacting instead of sitting down and talking. I think that's, that's a huge thing is that you've got to just, you, you can't, you can't react. You've got to talk because you've got to listen. And, and, and even if you don't agree, even if you don't, who cares? Who like, really, who cares? It doesn't matter. It's your opinion and my opinion. That doesn't mean we have to hate each other. It just means you have yours and I have mine. But, everyone, but nobody wants to talk anymore. They just want to take react and go. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think like that's kind of the, like what happens, especially in social media, happens on the internet. And I think probably one of the issues with, um, you know, social media is that people can react. And then I think, you know, it's, it's some of the things that we, we see in the media and, and certain attacks or certain things happening because people might have said something on social media someone's got stressed or really angry and then over time that's kind of drip 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 and then they kind of explode and they go off and go do something stupid i mean have you kind of seen that or have you kind of situations like in the police where you have to kind of go to something oh yeah i I was just looking at the name of the book i'm reading right or listening to right now is life force by tony robbins um but as far as social media goes i think social media is uh, a fun tool I think it's a great tool, but I also think it's where a lot of people hide behind. And then they bully people and a lot of the, the, the young people take it seriously. And when you have kids hanging themselves because they don't have the same purse as, you know, as, um, as Natalie or the same purse as somebody else, 
I think it's it, it has to be, I don't even want to say monitored, but I think your parents do have to be involved. And, and again, I look at that going, hmm, I may, I, I may like that, whatever it is, watch, car, whatever, you know, marketing. Or, and I look at it as, hmm, I don't have it yet. Don't have it yet. But I also, you know, but I'm, you know, we're an adult, we're adults. But you also don't let people bully you either. You know, you don't, and, you, and I think as kids, um, social media, they take that very, very seriously. And I don't really think that, I think they, they, they need people in the background going, listen, it's not really that big of a deal. It's not, it, it's a purse. It's a car. You're 17. Okay. You're not going to have a $5,000 purse. Now that doesn't mean you can't get it, but put that on your, put that on your, on your vision board and go get your, you know, and go get your Louis Vuitton or whatever. I think we just have to take that, you know, from, from a different angle. It's not going anywhere. It's powerful. It could, it's a powerful tool um, when it's used for the right reasons. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that's, that's a great point, you know, when it's used for the right reasons and, you know, using it to put content out there, you know, supporting other people, you know, maybe a business or whatever it is. But like you said, if you have that mindset of saying, you know, I will have that one day, that's something I would like, um, then you're kind of flipping it around, aren't you, really? Which is, you know, what people should do. And, 100%. you know, it must, it must be, you know, rewarding, you know, talking to people and helping them now and, you know, being a mentor and coach for, you know, entrepreneurs and people in business and, you know, offering your advice and uh, your experience on things. Oh, it's awesome. It, it's awesome to be able to, um, to be able to say, Hey, I did it. I survived it and I can help you do it. And you know, you're going to make it through it. You're going to, or if there's somebody needs to call and cry, I, I mean, Hey, that's why sometimes that has to be done too, but to be able to let them do talk, act as they want and point them in the right direction and keep them focused on what they're, what they really want to do. It, it's, it's, it's huge. It makes me feel really, really good on a daily basis. No, oh, that's awesome. And like, as well, like the situations that you've been involved in and, you know, being in the police and being in, in the, all these different situations that test you, do you think like it's kind of, you know, made you think and behave a certain way, like, you know, in society, like, you know, like in a security kind of way, like, if you go to an event or certain situations you go into, because I, I kind of go to situations where say crowds of people and you see like security staff and they're just kind of letting people in or not really chewing checks. Do you kind of, is it kind of made you kind of look at the world in a certain way or kind of be take more precautions? I I look at the world as everybody's the boogeyman and my kids hate it. My wife hates it. I don't, um, I go to the restaurant and the typical cop, I sit with my back to the wall. I see the front door on the way there. I know, you know, how far in the direction to the nearest hospital, um, I, you know, what's faster, something, somebody gets hurt, is it faster putting on my cars or faster calling in an ambulance, where the doctors are at, where the fire extinguishers are at, where the exits are at. Um, I am, uh, uh, I'm in a yellow state of paranoia, you know, because of everything going on in the world. Um, but yeah, it has, it has changed. Uh, it has changed me in regards to, um, you're just waiting for, you know, you're waiting for the, the, the elephant to enter the room, you know, and, if, and then you have to take, take care of business at any point in time. Yeah. And I think like, you know, even those, those experiences, I think like it is important to kind of think in that way, even if people 
haven't had that background, you know, to an extent, if that makes sense, like to be sensible sure. to weigh things up and obviously, yeah. be, you know, depend on, because obviously they've not had years of experience like yourself, they're not probably, general people aren't probably going to be thinking that way or as much. But I think if you've been involved in certain things in the past, it does kind of make you think that way. Because I had situations in school where, you know, I was involved in fights and things and I took after myself. So I'm quite streetwise coming from, the, you know the city that I grew up whereas I think that that's that's probably a thing as well isn't it you know that that your environment has a part to play in who we are do you think because like you worked oh. in like Chicago and I know Chicago yeah. is like a very very rough place yeah and I, and I think and I agree with you I think everybody should have a little bit of that because it's just the world we live in I mean look at the school shootings or getting you know the bars the shooting in the bars or whatever. I, I just think it's the world we live in, unfortunately. And we, we can do a whole show on how we can prevent that. But um, it's just a world that we live in. And you have to be super conscious for you, family, friends um, doing that. Because in my opinion, just like you have a designated driver, you should have a designated security person. And not that they're going to get involved with, you know, going fist to cuffs with somebody, but to get out. It's like I, when I do executive protection, you know, we get there and they're like, okay, you know, if a fight breaks out, like, whoa, 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 okay. That's not the object. The object is here's what's going to happen. If a fight breaks out, I'm going to scoop you up. We're going to run out the back door, jump in a car and we're gone. That's the way this works. And I think people have to be aware of that, that, you know, you, when you had that designated security person, uh, they have to know how that works. And unfortunately it's just the way of the world right now. It's just, like I said, it's just like having a designated driver. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like you said, it's the way of the world and people need that uh, protection, don't they, given, you know, whatever their status or scenario. Because I think there's another thing as well um, you know, with stand-up comedians. I saw, do you see that Dave Chappelle, he had some random yeah. guy jump out trying yeah. to stab him with it. Was it gun that had a knife on it or something like that? I don't know if it was a knife or they just he just wanted to tackle him. Um or, or, but yeah. you know, yeah, jumped on this guy, jumped on stage. Now, honestly, that you know, that's a whole security thing that you know, that now they have to revamp it. Like, now they're gonna have people in front of the stage making sure that that you know, that that doesn't happen. But it's, it, it's, you don't know, and it could happen anywhere. And I suppose you have to always adapt to situation if things happen, you have to put different things in place and different training and stuff like that. It's just how it kind of mm -hmm. like rolls out, right? Um, it's just like life, everybody needs to adapt, mm -hmm. it's just different levels. Gotta adapt daily. It's just different levels. Like when your bus breaks down going to work, or you're in the on the train or the tube, as you call it. You know, <laughs> if it breaks down, you gotta adapt. You know, you gotta figure that out. Like, like I've got to get to work, or I've got to get to the doctor, I've got to get my kids to school. Okay. You everybody because I don't think a lot of people give themselves credit. Like, I'll have to adapt to maybe a situation in causing gunfire or a uh you know a, a stabbing or a murder or whatever. Okay, that's on a different level, but still, it's the same. It's the same action. You have to adapt to your environment. So, if the train's late, you have two kids you got to get to to school, and then you got to get to work. You adapt. You find a bus. You find a cab. You find an Uber. You find a ride. You call your dad. Whatever. You adapt to it. And I don't think people give themselves a lot of credit when it's out of their comfort zone. Like I know how to take care of my kids. I know how to adapt to that. Or, you know. Um, the milk is spoiled, but I got to go out and I got to, people adapt every day, but I just don't think they have enough 
um, self-confidence to say, no matter what comes through that door or what hits me in the face, I can adapt and I can get through it. They just have to have more confidence in themselves because they do it every day. I just don't think they realize it because, because I think what happens, it becomes a, um, it becomes a habit and a habit that they don't recognize, but a habit nonetheless, because they do do it every day. And I think that's one of the big important things as, as you know, being a human is stepping out of your comfort zone and developing, you know, those good habits and recognizing maybe what are bad habits. Cause I think like you said, people probably get comfortable and if they don't push themselves out that box, then they kind of don't grow and don't evolve and probably not able to cope with certain things if they happen because they, they don't know how to deal with pressure. Right. I mean, and look at what people, when they don't go out of their comfort zone, they wake up at six, they go to work, they come home, they take care of their kids, they feed their kids, they go to bed, they do the same thing because they don't want to go out of their comfort zone. And that's okay for people. I mean, that's okay for, for some people. And that's the route they want to, you know, that's where they want to take God bless them, you know, just be a good human being, but other people, the only way you're going to grow is to step out of your comfort zone. And a lot of it is, is in your head. It seems very hard and it's just a lot of overcoming and, and adapt to what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. And like, what, if you could like say, give any advice people, you know, wanting to do well in life or to push through things, like what would you say? Like someone, if you're going to push through stuff, I would just say, trust yourself, trust yourself. And if you have time to look at some different outcomes and stuff like that, don't focus on the negative list, focus on the positive list, because as humans, when you're coming into your comfort zone, your con list is going to, I mean, you're going to make stuff up for your con list because you don't want to go through that door or you don't want to take that step. And your pros list is going to be like four things, even though, you know, by changing a couple words that those, that those lists can be opposite. What I would say is if it's not going to hurt you physically, it is not going to financially um, ruin you then you have to have the confidence enough in yourself to look at that and say, I can do this because no matter what you do in life, and I don't care if it's entrepreneurship or just life. I mean, like, look at, if you have a kid and then the, the, the kid says, Hey, I want to have a sleepover. I'm like, well, okay. You know what that's like for me? Let my daughter go to a sleepover. I mean, I'm printing everybody and, you know, I'm like, you know, cameras, you know, so it's, it's just something out of your comfort zone that you're going to do this on a daily basis. Just some things become harder and you've got to take that time to say, okay, what, what is the worst and make the list or take the time to absor absorb it and make a decision, but don't, don't create negative stuff to talk yourself out of it, create more positive stuff or what I tell people is to make your list and then look at your con list, look at the con list and go through and eat, change eat, each word on there, pick a word, move a word to make it positive. Then you're going to look at your list and your pros list is bigger than your con list. And now, you know, there's only one thing separating you and where you want to go, which is your own fear. And I can tell you about that all day. You know, I'll be your, I'll, I'll be your wingman. I'm right behind you. I got your six. We're going to go through that door but you have to step through that door and that takes a ton of courage and it, and, and it's a lot. And for some people to do that, I, I mean, I commend people highly that just take the chance. I really do. 
Yeah, no, I think that's really well said. And I think, like you said, having that courage to just go through with whatever that thing is in whatever situation that you want to do or needs to be done. And, you know, like you said, switching those cons to positives and breaking it down, kind of peeling those layers back and breaking it down. And like you said, some people might talk themselves out of it because they, they'll say neg- focus on the negative side of things or what ifs and that kind of thing. Right. They don't do anything. Um, right. Well, and, and here's a perfect example. Like, getting on other people's podcasts i'm not i'm not the world's best speaker <clears throat> and like today we had a little bit of a glitch um uh with with zoom or whatever i'm like huh maybe it won't work maybe it won't maybe i can get out of this because because it's scary it, it, it like i've been doing this a year and it's still it's still scary to to get on to, to to get on somebody's show but you just get that little ripple like huh maybe this won't work this might be okay but then but deep down you're like okay you know and then you know we got the email from you and we got together um you know but the larger part of me said i know i want to do this because the outcome for me is going to be more tremendous of what my passion is that i face that fear and i just and i get on here and i do the best i can and again i'm not the world's worst speaker the best speaker i'm just not but um i have to meet my fear every time i do this every time i get on somebody's show I, I, I had to, I have to know in my heart that this is the best thing for me and for other people. And, you know, it, it happens to everybody. It's just stepping through that door. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I can definitely relate to that same thing that you said as well. And I think it's, um, it's like you said, it's, it's showing up being accountable and, you know, pushing through that fear. Don't, don't worry about dogs. Right. Fine. I've got dogs. Um, so it's, it's like, yeah, pushing through that fear of showing up. And sometimes, like you said, that greater value of something being bigger than ourselves and knowing that it's going to benefit other people and work out, you know, both sides. I think that's that's like a driving force. And yeah. as well, like, is there anything that you're working on, anything, anything you want to promote? Um, and if, you know, where can people find you on social media, your website kind of thing? Yeah, actually, um, right now I'm just working on my coaching business uh, and the podcast. So the coaching business is called uh, The Coaching Cop. Um, you can email me at thecoachingcop at gmail.com or you can go on the website, thecoachingcop.com. And the podcast is, um, is Three Cops Talk, the number Three Cops Talk. And we have a website and the same thing, email me, threecopstalk at gmail.com. And again, there's nothing that we won't, that I won't discuss or I won't help with you on, on either platform. Um, and I'm working on getting on some... Um, some free content to people via YouTube. Um, I have a face for radio, my mom said, so I really don't know how, uh, you know, how uh, YouTube's going to work for me, but I'm working on trying to get some free content out to, to help people through uh, on a business level and a life level um, just to make the world a better place. No, I, I love, I love, you know, everything that you're doing. And, you know, I think you've got a lot of passion and a lot of, a lot of work experience and a lot of things that you can kind of bring to, the plate to help other people and you know i i really enjoyed talking to you and you know i wish you all the best in everything that you do and i'll be sure to try and you know help you help connect you with people that i know so you can go on their show and i'll promote your content as well same here and i really appreciate you taking the time um and congratulations on your show taking off so well that's that's great and taking the kind time to, to to let me uh, come on and, and kind of preach a little bit and, and get let people get to know me so we can kind of make this world a better place together. I really appreciate it. 
No, you're most welcome. You're most welcome. And, um, you know, I'm really grateful to have you on my show. And, um, yeah, I look forward to, you know, doing this again sometime. Thank you so much. You're welcome. No worries. Take care. Bye-bye. Got it,